Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, Admin Trip Folders, Part 2. Here we go. You mentioned putting a printed itinerary in there and, you know, boss, I understand you got, you know, you got a Kindle, you got a, you got an iPhone and I know that you're on that thing quite a bit and you have all your information there right there on your PDA. So yeah, why do I, I, I don't understand why I need to print this thing for you. Could you say that all again and just highlight the word boss again? Just, just for, I just want to hear that <laughs> one, one more time. I just really, that would be great. Look, no, no. Yeah. Um, look, Having it in your PDA, your phone is great. And yet I have to tell you, those of us who travel hundreds of thousands of miles a year will tell you over and over again, having it printed out is also hugely helpful in many ways. If you want to share your itinerary with somebody at the meeting, if you're going over it with your admin, think about doing this with a printed copy between you and somebody else as opposed to it being on your phone. Sharing it with somebody, going over it with your admin, reviewing it when your phone is supposed to be off while you're on a plane and take off and landing, talking about it when you're on the phone so you don't have to keep looking at your phone calendar while checking out of a hotel, for instance, standing at the front desk, making changes to it and making notes on it with a pen rather than going back and forth from talking on your phone or even if you're using a headset, looking at your phone and making changes to something on your phone rather than simply Xing something out and writing down a series of options in order to figure it out. If you're going to have to be taking notes, you might as well take notes on the itinerary itself rather than looking back and forth from your phone to a piece of paper, uh, a napkin or something that you're writing other options on because you missed an earlier flight. It absolutely is better to have a printed itinerary and there will be times when your electronics will fail you. I still, I think I've told the story before on air about driving from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati and for Procter and Gamble and discovering to my chagrin that for some reason in a part of Western Pittsburgh, there was no AT&T coverage and I was relying on my phone to give me directions and I had nothing and I had no map or anything. And it was one in the morning. I was lost on a major American interstate. So the itinerary is usually on the front or it's the first thing inside a trip folder. The best ones we've seen of itineraries are actually simply calendar printouts of an Outlook day, right? And the best I've ever seen was one that showed airline travel in one color on the daily printout, and hotels on a different one, other forms of travel in a different color. You could look and you could immediately see what you were doing, what parts of the day. Now, that's a little bit harder now than it used to be, I think, because of the use of colors as we've started to mash up calendars and sync calendars with the web and, and, and the cloud and so on. And they use different colors to distinguish multiple calendars from, from many different folks. I, I don't know how that works in terms of printing out. But if you've ever seen it sitting in the lap of the person next to you on a plane, you know when you look at it, that's what I want for my admin when I travel. Yeah. As you're describing it, I'm going, I want that. Yeah, okay. I want that. Right. I want the different colors. I, I haven't been getting different colors for that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Maggie, we got to talk. <laughs> Sorry, Maggie. <laughs> so, so okay. So, you just, you, you also described in your list of things to, that you wanted the key travel phone numbers and account numbers. And, and that, you know, that makes sense. I can, I can think of a lot of things that you might want, like airline reservation desk, you know, special ones, particularly for you since right. you you have some special clubs you belong to. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're, yeah, okay. Okay. Folks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Folks. Fine. Yeah. I admit it. I'm, I'm executive platinum American because I fly hundreds of thousands of miles 
uh, every year. I earn every one of those phone numbers. I'll be happy at some point to relinquish relinquish all that status and not not travel as much. Yeah, phone numbers. You seem, and I you seem you, a little sensitive, so let's, no, let's go on. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, here we are recording this, and I'm in a hotel. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, part, part, of, part of this has come from the number of times. As, so originally, you had phone numbers because you had to get to a pay phone in order to do this. We still recommend it, though, because I, I remember recently I had to call I had to call Exec Platinum, and my phone didn't work. I, it was dead. And for some reason, I didn't have my battery charger or something. I think I had checked my bag at the last minute for, for some reason, or I, I can't remember why my phone didn't work, but I had to go to, to a pay phone, which I hadn't done in ages. And I had to memorize the phone number. I Luckily, I had the phone number memorized, which is just impossible to think that I could remember that phone number. Uh, so you need them printed out somewhere, um, frequent flyer numbers, hotel numbers, and, and folks, both the reservations number for a major hotel chain and the front desk of the hotel you're staying at. Calling the main number of a hotel nowadays at midnight will do you little good if you're having a problem with one of the hotels in the chain. If you're calling an 800 number, you're getting a reservations desk, perhaps not even uh, uh, in the country that you that your hotel is at. And the hotel may be a mile away from you, and the phone that is being answered is 4,000 miles away from you. Hotels are managed very unusually. The owner is different than the operator, different than the managing company. Phones are handled differently in everyone. You need the front desk number of the hotel you're going to, and that may not be readily available. And look, you need the number of someone in the office of the of your cli- your company or your client of somebody you're visiting, not just email. And there are a lot of people who think, "Oh, I've got you know, we've been changing ch- chatting back and forth." But then they get there and realize, "I don't know this person's phone number." You need a cell phone number, particularly if you're going to meet them early in the morning. You know, we often get to client sites at six six thirty in the morning. We need to know the security guard's name, and you're going to have that written down. And maybe you think it's okay in your phone, but there are times when your phone doesn't work, or you drop your phone. And then you're without it. Yeah. Now, you also mentioned uh, flight info. Now, don't we have that on the itinerary? Yeah, usually, usually. I mean, if you, if you have an Outlook printout, sure, you, you know, on mine, it, for, for example, you know, uh, it would say American Airlines AA, and then it would say 1388, for instance, or 1477. Those are two DFW flights. And then it would say DFW SAT, SAT DFW, um, SAT ORD, something like that for San Antonio to Chicago. And it would have a lot more information. But we've seen a lot of folks who have their itineraries printed out, their one page, and yet they leave off uh, information about each flight. You need the flight number. You need the airline. Look, it's way better if you're going to call the airline and say, I'm on this flight, right, rather than saying, please find me. There are a lot of John Smiths who are flying today. Ideally, in every single flight that you take, if it's going to be on your calendar, ask your admin to put in your record locator the record locator for the flight. It's a unique six-digit identifier. And if you give that to someone, they will think of you as a uh, someone to pay attention. If you just say, hi, I need some help. I'm flying on American. And there are people who answer that phone who roll their eyes. They, they want to give you good service, but they roll their eyes. Um, your seat number, that makes a difference. So if you, if you get your boarding pass and you look down and you say, wow, that's different than what I thought I had, that makes a difference. We do recommend it be on your printed itinerary rather than being separate. In other words, there's your itinerary and all this stuff is there. And look, if your admin is really good, she's going to have info on which security gate to go through at the airport. I'm not telling you which ones they are, but some really are easier 
except at Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C., which surely is so nightmarish in terms of security that no one flies out of there, oh, except for you. But luckily, it doesn't matter right now because you work for me today, So, at least on this cast. So, sorry about that. So, good. So, then, since I I work for you and you're insulting me, I'm (laughs) next time you you fly on your trip folder, I'm going to leave off the hotel info. So, surely you have that electronically, so you don't need any hotel info printed out. It's funny that we talk about hotel info because I just tried to check into a hotel. I can't remember where, where it was. It was the Westin or the Hyatt. Uh, Hyatt, I think, right? Uh, it was in. Um, it was in DC. It was in. Yeah, Washington. and I, and I tried to check in, and they said, "Oh, sorry, we have no re- no record of your check in." I said, "Gee, I'm responsible for 25 hotel nights here this month in this hotel, and I've been here twice for in the last two weeks, in the last three weeks, and you don't remember me, and you have no re- no record of it or anything." But anyway, we recommend you have name, address. Phone, again, phone, and confirmation number. As I said, we've checked in and been told there's no record, but a confirmation number helps a lot in those situations. And look, folks, you have to have the address because maybe your phone doesn't work. Although, again, if you can put in Sonic, then you can put in Hyatt, right? Because believe it or not, nowadays, the cab drivers, they don't know where things are. Not The entire world is not London where cab drivers have to study for years. And man, they know where everything is and get you there in no time at all. Well, putting aside my admin hat here for a second, this is the most in the, in the last year, and I don't know what's happened in the last year, but the number of times I've gotten a taxi, told them I wanted to go to X or Y hotel, and they asked me where it is and how to get there. I mean, yeah. literally, how do I get there? So I don't know. I don't live in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's what, uh, Mike Swenson, they not only asked him, they said, do you have GPS on your phone? Yeah, they didn't even want to deal with with directions that an admin had put together. So look, you got to have an address. The name isn't enough, and, and apparently Nero here particularly. Mm-hmm. Well, in my last trip, an address wouldn't have helped either. I needed to have turn by turn directions for this gentleman. So anyway, anyway, I'll get off of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, and so we'll we'll talk about that. Then the other thing that might be useful to have in this in your trip folder is recommended ground travel. Yeah. Many t- hotels have vans, but then the question is, are they scheduled or do you have to call them? Where do they pick up? Is a, K- is a cab way faster and perhaps cheap enough that it's below expense reporting radar? Okay, if you're going to take a super shuttle, where is the super shuttle desk at that particular airport? You know, I was showing some – somebody asked me – I was flying in from um, DFW – or from San Antonio to DFW, sitting next to somebody I recognized because he flies a lot as well. And he said, hey, do you know at DFW where X is? And I said, no, but I can tell you. And I got an iPhone app that's airport maps in every airport in the country just about. You click on the name of the airport and it shows you every terminal and shows you all the, the stuff there. And I said, oh, here, here it is. You know, that's the kind of stuff that really super efficient and effective admins have put on their iPhone or make it available and say, look, you're, you know, you're going to get in at C28 and you need to go to terminal A or something like that. And here's the easiest way to do it at O'Hare or here's, you know, there's a, you know, if you enter O'Hare at terminal three, I think it is, which is the American terminal, which is G, H, K, and L. Um, you, most people don't know this, but you can walk underground or you can stay inside security and walk over to the United terminal. The signage is terrible, but you can actually do it. And then questions like, okay, do I have a reservation on Super, super Shuttle, right? And let me put it simply. Smart managers and executives don't want to have to make a decision about travel when they're traveling. This is something the ide- admin ideally does for us in advance. Well, even better, some admins have been known to text the next step 
that a manager has to take throughout a trip. And that, that starts happening to you and that takes knowledge up front and that, and the admin can put that in guidance to you. So you don't have to think. And every minute, remember every minute you're thinking about traveling is a minute you're not thinking about doing your job or serving your clients or growing your team or growing your revenue or cutting costs. Uh, and it's simply, it's simply C-level stuff. It's level three tasks that we ought not to have to worry about. And if your admin starts texting you about what you do next on a trip, that is worth bonuses in our opinion and, and look we know we know we're suggesting that your admin will have to make several phone calls to determine all this for each trip and it can take many times but look if an admin does it for a while if your admin takes us over they keep better track of all the different needs at, at different hotels and at airports and client sites they don't have to make every call for every trip but these phone calls are stuff that you may wouldn't have made yourself and yet nevertheless would have created problems for you and them doing stuff in advance, reducing your stress in a, in a travel system, which today is stretched to its very limits. And uh, many, many people are inconvenienced much more quickly and much more easily today than they were 10, 20 years ago. This is smart use of time in advance when decisions can be made in a relaxed way rather than in rush. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, I will miss the last flight of the day. Yeah. And one more note about ground travel. Um, today, it's it's so easy to simply go to a website and print out directions with maps and everything to where we're headed on the ground that the printed maps and directions have got to be a part of the folder as well. Yes. Yeah. And you might think, well, it's it's overkill. The cab will know. Well, maybe not. Maybe you have to get in a car with somebody else. Maybe there's three other people coming there and somebody rented a car. Or maybe you have to rent a car because it's out in the country or the location's changed and you don't know. I've been on trips that are 20, 25 days long and things change. So, yep. Lastly, I want to mention something about electronics. I think we've probably already made this point clear, but just to be sure, nothing in this cast should be construed to suggest that we recommend the elimination of all of this kind of information being available on everybody's PDA or smartphone, BlackBerry, Palm Pre, iPhone, whatever. Okay. All that is great. We don't have any desire to whisk you back 30 years to what business travel was like in, in, in terms of planning and then executing as well. That's, oh, God, we don't want to do that. Look, have it all electronically, folks. We want you to have that. But don't let get lulled into a false sense of security. Phones go dead. Cell coverage is lost. The travel manager dies because still used to just being a person and not electronic. Don't get caught without anything because you don't have a trip folder. Okay, so let's let's go on and talk about how to action them. Right. Okay. So so we've delegated. We've gone over the hump. We've spent two or three or four trips downloading all of our stuff into their brain, and they're starting to take over. At some point, we're going to forget about our travel after that transition process. We're not going to worry about it anymore. He or she is going to take care of everything. And all that's going to happen is there's going to be a set time for our admin to brief us on what he or she has set up for the travel. Now, look, during the transition phase, we do recommend that when a trip comes up, you delegate, okay, th this trip, you're responsible for it, and you, you, you have your admin get back to uh, – you have our admin get back to us quickly after the initial travel request. In other words, look, I need to travel in a month, and so um, we just found that out, and so I'd like uh, an itinerary and everything put together with the end of this week so that I can see where, what mistakes you've made and so on. Have, have him or her work up a folder, go over it. Ask questions during his or her briefing of you, and that will totally accelerate his or her learning. Okay? Now, 
over time, though, once you get over that transition process, uh, it boils down to our admin briefing us during our morning stand-up on the travel we're embarking on on that day, or they're briefing us the day before if we're not coming into the office the day of travel. Uh, it's as simple as that. After the trip, when we come back, we take the trip folder back to our admin and we give it back, complete with the receipts in the receipt folder. We do not fill out our expense reports. The admin does that. To save time, we recommend managers write notes about process or location changes or difficulties or pluses or minuses on the folder, on the back of the folder. So in other words, there doesn't have to be a half-hour meeting to go over the trip. Any notes you want to make, get to the admin on the back of the folder. And, and gradually, things are going to get more efficient, more effective over time, all without us doing it, which is the whole point of managerial economics 101 and the whole point of admins to begin with. In fact, I would argue that somebody probably coined managerial economics 101 before I did, and they did it right before they came up with the idea of we should pay someone to help them with things because important people who are making big decisions shouldn't be spending their time making small decisions if we can pay them the same amount and get them to make more big decisions. And thus, the admin was created. There you go. Okay, so we've got to most of what we want to talk about, but you also mentioned that there are a couple trends that were worth noting on this cast. Yeah, we, again, this, so, so we've made the point about, about trip folders, but it serves as part of a larger rubric about, about admins and, and managerial economics 101 and, and the law of scarcity, which is brain power, managerial brain power. Not that managers aren't scarce with brain power, but the amount of time you have to think every day is scarce, right? And the first one is there are less admins than there used to be, okay? Now, what's interesting is there are people who would say there are less admins. Admins are going away. They're wrong, okay? The fact that there are less means that, that the value of those that exist are vastly increased to those of us who have them, right? If you have an admin and you're not expecting trip folders from them, you are underutilizing an asset that your organization sees as exceptionally valuable to you. You can't justify that your admin is too busy to do this for you because, again, as we said before, if she's not doing it, you are. And that's the whole point of her or him in the first place. Scarcity of admins doesn't mean giving them less to do. Somehow that's happened to managers in their brains. It means keeping him or her incredibly busy to justify the investment that the company is making and that you're benefiting from. So less admins means we've got to use the ones we've had even better. Right. The other thing is less training. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this makes me a dinosaur, but I know graduates of the premier secretarial school in the, in the U.S. for a long time, Catherine Gibbs. Did you have an admin from Catherine Gibbs? Yeah. Oh, God, dude. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> she was smarter than me. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. 99% of what we call admins today have no secretarial training at all. Now, the percentage of high-level executive secretaries today that have training is probably only 20%, and that, that we're probably being generous there. On the other hand, at that level, they're so good, it's unbelievable. Our point here is that the admin you're likely to have, ha likely to have today has had no training on being an admin, when in fact, there were schools that turned out secretaries that made them fabulously good as executive admins. Too many of us think our admins know what to do or that they're supposed to know what to do. Newsflash, folks, they don't. It's up to us. Trip folders are one thing every admin on the planet used to do. It's up to you to teach your admin this and then for you and she or you and he to learn together how to become really good at them. 
we encourage you to share your stories about trip folders and other bits of manager and admin life in our forums. Don't walk away from this because it's going to be hard in the transition because, again, once you get it, you're never going to want to go back. The bottom line here is we're responsible for training our admins. The company's not going to do it for us. Start with trip folders if you do nothing else because now you know how to do it. Perfect. So quick review of uh, what we talked about today. We talked about what the trip folder is, how to implement them initially, what they contain, how to action them, and ended up with two admin trends worth noting, one less admins, and secondly, less training. Yeah, I, I feel that you're pretty highly trained, I must say, having been my admin for the evening. Uh, I'll give you credit for being for bucking the trend of less training. Uh, I, I find you. I find you. I find you to be highly effective. I, I do. It, it's been a pleasure to serve you for forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Bye. That's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you back here again next week. Hey, if you've been a Manager Tools listener and you haven't checked out our other podcast, Career Tools, please check it out. Well, Manager Tools, of course, is focused on management. Career Tools is both for managers and non-managers alike. So if you haven't checked it out, you can find it on the website, www.manager-tools.com, and look in the RSS section, and you'll see the Career Tools podcast. Or go to iTunes and search for Career Tools. All right, folks, we'll see you all again next week. So long.